Welcome everybody. Today we are discussing Buffy the Boom Reboot uh, Volume 1. High School is Hell, I believe is the name of the volume. Uh, so I've only read a little bit of this in the past, and then I started reading things that they were doing, and I was like, eh, you know, maybe I won't mess with this and I'll just stick to original continuity. But I thought it might be fun to go through and make videos on this and review it arc by arc. Uh, so this one, I found myself enjoying more than I thought I would. Uh, it's very much a mixed bag. Uh, it starts with Buffy working in a fast food place. He's kind of a bored teenager. She's been in Sunnydale for a while, which was kind of an interesting way to start off right away, differentiating yourself. This is anybody remember season one starts with her having just moved to Sunnydale. She doesn't have friends. She doesn't have a life or anything, but it seems like this Buffy has been in Sunnydale for uh, three weeks, I believe they say. Uh, and she's working in a fast food place, like I mentioned. It kind of seemed like that might be a callback to season six, where she has to get a job because she has to support Dawn, who I wonder if they'll ever factor her into this. It seems weird that they didn't just put her in this, since there's they don't seem to care about sticking to the original storyline um, too much, but we'll get into that. And that's where she runs into Xander and Willow. Xander feels very in-character. Buffy feels very in-character in this first arc. Uh, it very much delves into the classic, you know, kind of Spider-Man-ish uh, duty versus wants, you know, wants versus needs, that stuff like that, where she's torn between what she wants and what she has to do as the Slayer. So I appreciated that stuff. Uh, Xander feels very in character. He's kind of lonely. He's kind of a loser. His only friend is Willow, and he hides those feelings with sarcasm. But the one that's really different here is Willow. Um, it's very interesting because in the original show, Willow starts out as kind of a shy, nerdy kid who slowly gains confidence as she works with Buffy and starts fighting monsters and then, of course, you know, meets Oz and then Tara and all that stuff. Which I don't know if we're going to do any of that in this, so we'll see. Um... It feels like it feels like they just took the Willow from season, like say four or five, and put her where season one Willow should be. I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll see how it goes as the as the book continues on. Uh, we get a mention of Wolfram and Hart from a mysterious saleswoman who seems to provide supernatural beings with things. That woman is revealed to be Anya, which again I don't know how I feel about because she doesn't feel like the Anya for the show. It doesn't seem like she's a vengeance demon in this universe, um, or in this continuity, whatever you want to call it. She's only here for a little bit, uh, so we'll see where that goes. Um, a lot of the first issue is just setting up this the status quo, introducing us to what a modern Buffy, Xander, and Willow would look like. There's things I like here, and there's things I don't. Um, again, the biggest issue, I think, is Willow, just because it feels like we skipped... A lot of her character, but she's not a bad character in this. It just doesn't feel like Willow dialogue whenever she's talking, which maybe that will change as the book goes on, or maybe I'll just get used to it. But it was definitely a shock. Uh, hopefully, that Wolfram and Hart reference that I mentioned is set up for Angel because I know there is an Angel book. I heard it got canceled though, so we'll see if that goes anywhere. Um, I really hope Angel becomes a player in this universe. He has always been my favorite of the Buffy characters. And uh, I guess we'll jump to 
the end of this book, which is we do get a reference that Angel is in Sunnydale. So I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see what they do with the character and if that goes anywhere. Because um, it would be a really big shame, I think, if Buffy and Angel don't have any kind of relationship, whether it be friendship or a romant more romantic front relationship in this book. Because that was such a big part of those early seasons, you know. Uh, Giles also feels in character, uh, jumping back a little bit here. Um, he's very stern and, you know, he wants to put, he tries to push Buffy to do better, perhaps pushes her a little too hard, but I think there's little, there's little hints throughout the book that he knows he might be pushing her too far and is trying his best not to push her past her limits, but also get her to recognize that she can go past those limits on her own. I don't know if that makes sense, but it feels like we might be headed towards where Buffy and Giles were in the show, which I'm glad. One of, their relationship is always one of the highlights of, of that show up until the final season. Um, at this, by this point, you know, we're still, we're still introducing characters. We bring in Robin, uh, who I'm pretty sure is the character from the last season of Buffy, who was the Slayer before Buffy's son. The la or I guess I should say the Slayer we saw last before Buffy. We never see who directly preceded Buffy, if I have my math correctly. I think that's weird to bring him in, especially because he didn't really contribute much to that final season. Maybe it is a chance to do more with that character. But I wish they had, they had, instead of focusing, bringing in more characters from other seasons, I wish they would have brought, stuck to the core, Buffy, Angel, Xander, Willow, Giles, Cordelia. Uh, speaking of Cordelia, we do meet her here, but she feels very different too. Uh, she's, she's nice to everyone. And at first it was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe that's just like a face she's putting on, but underneath she's really the... Cordelia that we know, you know, a little bit of vain, self-centered, but with the the capacity to grow above beyond that eventually. But it really does seem like she's just nice, popular cliche. Um, it does seem like she's not really going to be involved in this much, at least based on this first volume. She instantly is like, you're going to get somebody killed. Uh, to Buffy at, at the big fight towards the uh, middle of the book, I'd say. Hard to tell when you're reading digital. Um, a weird thing with her where she hasn't kind of a friendship building with Spike, of all people. And I don't know why he's in this book so early. Um, I guess, okay, I'm going to disagree with myself there a little bit. I can kind of see the point in bringing him in. Because he was the first villain of the show that really made an impact. However, I think they should have held off. You could have brought the Master in and done something really cool with him and, and deepened that character. But it seems like they wanted to just take the easy way out and say, no, you know what, here's Spike. You know Spike, you love Spike. Uh, he seems mostly in character so far. The... And of course, with Spike also comes Drusilla. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Drusilla. This is not the Drusilla from the show at all. She's very much sane and seems to be the one in charge between the two of them. 
So it's a very different dynamic, and maybe that could be interesting. Uh, so far, it's not that interesting. She just seems like generic, like evil woman. However, uh, we we do meet Anya again, and there it gives a little more of the old Anya. She gets some like phrases, common phrases wrong, and then we unleash a giant bat creature who it turns out is working for the slate, or is not working for, but is in the past has worked with slayers and. So Buffy, I guess, or it, not Buffy, but Giles traps him in the crystal because it's not his time to come out. And so we've kind of set up Buffy to have this all-powerful magical bat thing. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, obviously, you know, in the original show, for budget reasons, she didn't have anything crazy like that. But I kind of wish this this comic had kept it lower key like the the show was. Especially if you're going back to basics and doing a high school reboot. Um, we got a little more Cordelia during the giant bat scene. And I know I'm all over the place, but these are just thoughts as I was reading, formulating kind of cliff notes of what I wanted to talk about. Cordelia in this one, this is where Cordelia really does feel like they pulled the care Same with Willow. They pulled characterization from like season, let's say, three of Angel where she's fully on board fighting evil monsters, she just jumps in to help with the giant bat, ironically helping Spike, not realizing he's a bad guy. And then we get the scene where her telling, you know, Buffy, she doesn't want any part of this, you're going to get somebody killed, which but maybe Buffy will. Obviously, in the Whedon universe, uh, death could come for almost anyone. This isn't the Whedonverse, so we'll see what happens with Volume 2. Um... The other big issue with this is Buffy and Xander and Willow become friends after Buffy saves them, which is cool because that's how it happens in the original, more or less. And it feels like we time skip so that they're just friends. And it doesn't... The show did this too, but with the reboot, you could look at what that show did wrong, especially in season one. Fix, on those, fix those issues, you know, build on stuff. It feels like in this, they're just friends because they're friends. Who cares, right? Um, however, I do like... There's a running through line in this where they use, like, narration bubbles or thought bubbles to get in people's heads and, like, tell you what they're thinking. Um, and what we get to some to Xander... And it, this is this is the stuff I enjoy most because it feels like something the original Xander would have done. He feels very isolated because Buffy has slain. Willow has a girlfriend because, you know, it's Willow. We just skipped right to that, which I think is a good choice. It's I'm interested to see where that goes. But he doesn't have any other hobbies besides hanging out with his friend. So he is lured in by, by Drusilla, who has Buffy's phone after their last encounter, the one with the giant bat. <laughs> and uh, he lets her bite him. She seduces him into biting. Although I also wonder if some of that is the mind trick. For anyone who's watched Buffy as much as I have, you'll remember in season two, she uses that some kind of mind trick against Kendra to bite her. and Or not to bite her, but to kill her. And I wonder if something similar happened here. But that is the big cliffhanger with Angel staring off in the background. Um, 
I don't have a lot of issues with this volume, other than some just questionable choices here and there with characters. But this is a strong start to a reboot, and I hope that they're able to keep the momentum going. But we will have to see. Uh, I don't have a lot of faith from some of the stuff that I've read, but I hope I'm wrong. I would really like to be. But overall, I would recommend checking out this first volume. But that answer may change depending on how far, depending on the further we get. Um, but not else a lot to say about this. A lot of this is set up. So yeah, my personal recommendation is check it out. Uh, today we are talking about Buffy Volume 2. Uh, I couldn't figure out what the name of this arc was. I didn't see any images or anything with the title, unlike the first one. Uh, so we're just going to jump straight into it. Uh, this is an immediate downgrade in multiple ways. Uh, the first is the art. The art goes from bad to outright atrocious at times. Uh, there are certain faces in this which will give you nightmares, or at least it's going to give me nightmares. Um, the fight, the, the book opens on a fight. We're just going to jump straight into the story. The book opens on a fight between Buffy and a vampire, and she is desperately trying to find someone to take her to Anya's shop. Uh, which we established in the first volume, because apparently Xander was not killed at the cliffhanger at the end. He was half turned into a vampire. Um, I get it's a reboot, you know, it's doing its own thing with the mythology, but that doesn't make sense to me. In the original continuity, when you became a vampire, a demon replaced you. There was no half, halves and or butts. Now, obviously, you had things like Angel, who was a vampire with a soul, but that wasn't, he wasn't ever considered a half-vampire. He was a vampire who got his soul back. Now, if they'd done something like that with Xander, I would have still questioned the decision, like I am here, but at least it would have made sense with what we know about the Buffy lore. Um, I think when, when you're rebooting something, you are more than welcome to go your own way, but I still think it should make sense with already established lore, because what's the point of like I don't know it's hard it's hard to explain right but it's just like why none of this makes sense vampires are vampires you know um I don't want to read your take on we I don't want to take read your take on a vampire I want to read your take on the Buffy vampire if that makes sense um so the the first half of this jumps all over the place uh Buffy goes shopping gets this thing, but then they need another thing to tie his soul, someone's soul to his, to Xander's. And so while Buffy and Willow are out on a uh, uh, like, treasure hunt, basically, um, Xander is being watched over by Giles in what is basically like a cartoony version of the Exorcist. Um, that, this is where the bad art really starts to be noticed. There's some awful faces. And... Uh, at, at the end of the day, Willow ends up binding her soul to Xander's, and it has an effect on both of them. Um, I was really hopeful for this after the way the first arc ended. I thought that first trade was really good, and I thought there was plenty of room to build on. I thought it was an interesting cliffhanger, things like that. But this, this just goes completely the other way, in my opinion. I don't know what happened. I would be actually be interested to see, did they change writers? I didn't look into that. I should have. Um, the new artist's art doesn't make anything easier. 
this was a very difficult read, and we've only covered like the first, I'd say half, if not that. My notes for this were half as long as my notes were for volume one, because this just was not interesting to me personally. Um, we randomly throw Ginny in there for some reason, and it seems like she has some kind of connection to Giles. And Buffy already knows her, but we've, this is the first time we've been introduced, which continues this this comic's problem, these comics' problem of just throwing characters in there because you know who they are. We get more Robin stuff. Uh, well, Buffy and Willow are on the treasure hunt. Um, they start fighting over over it. I don't necessarily like that choice. One of the things I love most about Willow is no matter what, she has Buffy's back, other than like season seven. Or there's a few instances here and there, but nothing like this where they were literally ready to kill each other, and then Robin just shows up, and I was like, "How did he come in?" But we'll get back. We'll come back to that because they don't touch on that for a while, and he kind of just disappears again, which I think is a side effect of this this book, this continuity trying to introduce seven years worth of characters into you know I think this covers through issue ten, and we've already got people from all kinds of different seasons. I don't know. It's very weird. But, yeah. Uh, so, then we're back with, you know, the Soul Stone. And this is something that I did like, is that the Soul Bond is having a negative effect on Willow. She can't eat or sleep or anything like that. Uh, at least not much. And it's, it's really taking its toll on her. Whereas we get the half-vampire thing with Willow. Or with Xander, I'm sorry. It seems like he's kind of like Blade, where he can go out in the daylight and he can he has all their strengths but none of their weaknesses. Because um, he can go out in the sun. I think he can eat food. Uh, vampires in the Buffy universe can't eat food, I believe. It just has no taste. Feel free to leave a comment below uh, fact-checking that. And it's just... I will compromise to this degree. If you're going to introduce these new concepts, even if I don't like them, win me over on it. But it's just so focused on here's an idea here's an idea here's an idea we're doing this we're doing this none of these ideas have room to breathe um because one of the things that they do with willow having those negative side effects of uh from the soul bond is that dark willow shows up in her head and it's like this whole battle between them and it's kind of like willow conquering her dark side i guess this is where my eyes started to kind of glaze over uh, because none of it was horribly interesting, and it was hard to follow what was happening. But it doesn't make sense for Dark Willow to be here. She hasn't learned any kind of witchcraft yet. Yet. We'll get to that. And uh, Willow fights Dark Willow and wins. And then she seems okay, because we immediately skip forward to a Halloween party. I might be missing a few details here and there, but like I said, a lot of this is just like, we're moving at such a brisk pace. Nothing matters. Just keep going. Keep moving. Uh, we finally get a little bit of... We finally follow up on that cliffhanger with Angel. He shows up at a party and awkwardly talks to Buffy. It's probably the best part of this book. Because that's the only time that I've felt like in this entire series that I've read Buffy and Angel uh, together. Like talking. You know, interacting. Um, so yeah, overall this one is going to be a little bit shorter than the volume one because there's not as much story here to really sink your teeth into it's just rushed through everything but it does seem like we're setting up an event with the hellmouth so hopefully that is good we will see 
Uh, I'm going to check and see if I can get access to Angel Volume 1, the Boom Reboot, see where that falls in line with this new continuity. And that might be the book we do next. For now, I'm going to call it here. If you liked this, again, not a lot to say, not a lot to delve into yet. So I apologize for the length. But if you like this video, hit that subscribe button and we'll be back soon with more Buffy discussions.